This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. everybody and welcome to invest talk it is wednesday june 3rd 2020 and we're what three days into june markets rallying pretty strong first three days of june and remember the summertime is supposed to supposedly well it is historically the worst time of the year and we're approaching summer but the market doesn't seem to care much about that it really doesn't you know, uh, it's it's amazing. Here we are in June, uh, summer be here, and you've seen how the market just kind of is ignoring civil unrest, ignoring the COVID damage to the economy. Just doesn't care. Now that we're reopening, the market likes that a lot, a lot. So we do know that uncertainty always causes market volatility. So as an investor, you guys need to be prepared to deal with volatility, especially as we're going into the summer months. It's pretty common. But you can't let it derail your financial freedom goals. You know, you just have to deal with the volatility. Right now, it's been all up, right? I mean, you know, up volatility. We had about what? Uh, from about the end of April few days left of April to the middle of May, the market kind of turned sideways, kind of weak. And then since the middle of May, it's been moving up pretty sharply. So that's what you're seeing. So we're going to have another downstroke, but I can't tell you when, like always. I can't tell you when. I can't tell you from what level or how deep. I can only suggest, remember I was talking about the Fibonacci numbers? Well, the market blew right through all those. I didn't really care about that. It did hesitate, at, in, as I told you before, during that early May at one of the Fibonacci numbers, but it, it shrugged it off. So what are we going to do now? What? And I had one of my questions on today's show. I had an email from somebody saying, wanted to know when I suggest buying a half position, what happens if the price of the stock keeps going up? I plan on answering that today. So we'll talk about that. I'm Steve Peasley, and here on Invest Talk and at my company, KPP Financial, we operate on a philosophy of independent thinking, but we're going to share all the success that we can. And I hope you share your success with us too. I want, I want to hear what you're doing. We're a little bit different than other investment advisors because we dedicate you know, ourselves to unbiased guidance and to put ourselves in the same position as our clients, buying and selling the same things, the same price, same percentages. That's what we do. Now, I'm ready for your calls. You can call right now. It is a call-in show. The number is 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. In case you were wondering, yes, thanks to technology, Justin Klein and I offer our no-cost, no-obligation portfolio assessments via telephone, Skype, Jive meetings. I haven't really mastered Jive or I haven't really looked at it to even try, but I do Skype. Our telephone. I'm old school. Justin's much more tech savvy than I am on those things. Especially now in these times, you need to make sure your portfolio is balanced and optimized. So we'd love to take a look at it. 
So send us a message through investor.com. There's an email. Click on contact us. We get the email directly. Or call our KPP financial financial office in Irvine, California. And if you go to investor.com, you'll learn more. Okay. My main talking point today concerns a story. The stock market rally refuses to conform to norms. Okay. And it is true. It really is true. The rally in the S&P 500 index remains strong and continues to defy detractors. Now, this is an opinion. Is this person right? We're going to talk about that. It's going to be our main talking point. I also want to discuss the CARES Act and how it affects 401k cash withdrawals. The CARES Act and 401k cash withdrawals. I've had several calls, several questions about this, so I want to go over that a little bit. And the IPO market is going to start opening up on the 10th, June 10th. June 10th, there's a big IPO. Well, I don't know if I should say big. Pretty big IPO coming out. And, you know, so the the market's been, IPO, initial public offering market has been closed for several months. And I want to talk about an example of taking too much risk. Some guy lost, some trader, some well-known trader, fairly well-known trader, lost all his money. And I'm going to tell you how to avoid that mistake. I, that was a very foolish trade he made. Uh, I don't understand why he made it, but he admitted to it. That's interesting. So those are the things we want to talk about. Uh, man, maybe we'll get to the ADP report, the jobs report that came out. That was a surprise, and basically that was the driver of the early morning rally, that ADP report. So that's what I want to talk about. The market ended up up. The Dow was up 527 points, huge update really. The NASDAQ was up 75 points, and the SP 500 up 42 points. So we've had one, two, three, four days in a row where the markets rally. Will it make it five tomorrow? Tomorrow's Thursday and six on Friday? We'll have to see. Now, as regular listeners know, Justin and I make it a practice to take as many caller questions as possible in each show. So let's go to our voice bank. A lot of voicemail calls. This question came in early at our anytime listener line number, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Justin. Uh, I have a question about MPW, a real estate firm that invests primarily in medical properties. That would be good. Bought it on the way down and uh, hasn't really recovered. Thoughts on whether I should keep it or invest more. Love the show. Thanks. It depends on how much you have, but I would rather see you buy more than than get out or just sit. Um, If you have a full... full, 3% 3% or up to 5% of your portfolio, then just leave it alone. Run with it. I had a up, very nice update of 5.6% today. This is Medical Properties Trust. It's a REIT, R-E-I-T, Real Estate Investor Trust, that acquires, develops, and net leases healthcare facilities across the U.S. The dividend is 5.5% at this price. It's at $19.61. The lowest, it, the lowest at its low mark in in March was $13, and the highest was 24 before the crash. So now it's 19 So I like it. It has, uh, I've always liked it. 
because of where it is and what it does. Uh, it's one of those stocks that you don't necessarily buy for the capital appreciation, you buy for the dividend. They're going to make $1.25 this year. That's five cents less than it did last year. And then it's going to go up to $1.34 next year. It's $19 stock. So, it's, you know, it's not high price, but it never will be. The five-year PE range is 7 to 18. So, you know, was it? The, the, the go, go to the low 20s at the most? That's where it's going to go. Low, you know, I can't see it being, you know, going. I see it going back to the old high, but there's not much room to go any higher than that. Okay. 888-99-CHART. You're listening to Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And yes, the economy is reopening in phases, and we're getting to the later phases. I hear baseball might not open, but I basketball might. That'd be good. It's going to take some time, everybody. So you need to take steps now to optimize your portfolio, especially because of the recent market volatility. So I encourage you to reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial Offices in Irvine so we can help you do that. We want to help you. Now I'm here ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. So we're taking your calls live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Wednesday, June is underway, summer is coming soon, and the market has been interesting. So you'll have important finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls now. Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin. I'm in my early 20s, and I'm thinking of doing something that every article I read says not to. I want to invest in leveraged ETFs for the long term in my Roth IRA. I have 40 years to let my account grow, and I know the risks involved in how leveraged ETFs work. I believe the average annual returns will outweigh the losses from decay, volatility, and downtrends in the market. Would love to hear your advice. Love the podcast. Bye. There's a very interesting question. Leverage ETF. He's talking about stocks that have, I mean, they're exchange-traded funds, exchange-traded funds that track an index, but leverage it 200 or 300%. So the danger, that, let's talk about the dangers. The danger is, what if the market goes up, you buy it, goes up, up and up, and then gets cut in half, and then you're in a 200 leveraged fund. Okay, so it goes up twice as much, but remember, it goes down twice as much. So let's say you buy it, let's just say you buy it today, and tomorrow it gets cut in half. Does that mean it goes to zero? Zero value. Because it, remember, cut in half, but you're 200% leverage on the, and it went down more than you invested it in. It, it go, you know, it, you can lose all your money. And don't say that the market can't get cut in half because it can. Look what happened in 2008-9, early part of 2009. Market lost 50, 55%. Recently, we bought, we lost what, 37%? Now, having said that, my wife but likes them. She, with her play money, has been does have an ETF that's leveraged 200%. She has other things too, but she has quite a bit in that play money account, and she has been doing better than I have been doing for the last several years because the market was in a bull market phase. Now, I tell her she should get out, but she won't listen to me. 
<laughs> so, so if we're in a long-term bull market, they'll work great. The, the first time we get into a long-term bear market, you'll hate life. So, and the matter, the question is, is can you survive? Can that ETF survive a long-term bear market? And I, that's why most experts, including myself, don't think it's a great idea. Because we're money managers. We want to grow the portfolio steady and consistently. And those darn ETFs, well, you, they're not made, designed for long-term holds. They're designed for trading. So, but it's up to you. I wouldn't do it, but it's up to you. My main talking point today, the stock market rally refuses to conform to norms, according to one analyst, in which is pretty much true. Um, the S&P 500 rally uh, remains strong and continues to defy, defy all us detractors. I, 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 the song, the, okay. The S&P 500, the stock market itself has an upward bias. It has an upward 8 to 10% bias for long periods of time. So you got to be bullish most of the time. You really do. And I'm fairly bullish right now. I mean, I have one of my accounts, one of our accounts, we have some shorts, and the other accounts, we have some cash, not a lot, because we've been investing all along. But I'm, so I'm, I'm bullish overall. But the market keeps it rolling higher, ignoring bad news, social turmoil, and overbought condition. Okay, so the upward breakout of the trading range is pretty fairly strong. And there's good support below it at 2940 to 2950 on the S&P 500. The old high was over a little over 3000, uh 3300 something like that. So, is it going to is it going to stay of in that overbought situation? Odds are no. Odds are strong, but it has not been super strong overbought. It's not that, it's just overbought. On the next Invest Talk, this story, one analyst thinks that the stock market investors who are eager to rotate into unloved sectors should look before they leap. Why is that? That story is going to be tomorrow, everybody. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. All 50 states have started reopening their economies, but with different stages and at different paces. But now you've got finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls. Invest Talk, 888 99 Chart. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Jordan from Minnesota, and I was just wondering your thoughts on Anheuser Busch, ticker symbol B U D. Look forward to hearing your answer on the show. Thank you. Okay, Anheuser-Busch, B-U-D is a dog. Belgium-based company manufactures over 500 beer brands. 500 beer brands sold primarily under the Budweiser, Stella, Artos, and other names. Uh, they make money. They've always made money, and I don't see how they're not going to make money in the future. Uh, I'm a little disappointed. Their, their earnings are kind of erratic though i mean if i go back to 2013 they made $4.81 the next year $5.32 but now they this year they're going to make $2 a share 
Last year, they made $4.10. Next year, it's going to make three eleven. Why am I disappointed? Because that earnings are so erratic. Now, cash flow is huge at $7.79 a share. It is a big company, almost $90 billion. Stock sales were $54 a share. And next year, they're going to make $3.11. Okay, so that means it's what? Close to an 18, 19 PE. Five-year range is 13 to 46. They pay a 2% dividend. So, I, I, I mean, it was had a really nice day. It was up 9.66% today. Huge up day. So now you're going to have to wait. I think you need to wait for it to pull back to earth uh, because it, it broke above a lot of resistance and it gapped up. I mean, you could buy partial position right now and you know hope for it to continue to up. I mean, it was at a $90, $95 stock middle last year. Before the COVID virus thing, it was at 75. So most of last year, since the summertime last year to February, it was falling slowly. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not convinced that it's, it's going to continue to rise like it is. I'm not. Uh, um, but it's a very strong blue chip stock. You buy them when they're cheap. Is it cheap? Well, it's on the lower side, but it's not super cheap. Okay. Okay. First talking point. I want to talk about the uh, the CARES Act. You know, this is the CARES Act that uh, the government put in place so you can tap your 401k. That's what I want to talk about. Part that part of the CARES Act. You can withdraw money from your 401k without penalty as long as you had an issue with your earnings. In other words, you had a problem with it because of the COVID virus. And it, it has to be, the withdrawal is no penalty, and you can take as much as you want. Now, some I read somewhere, someone told me it's a 100,000 limit, and I read somewhere else there was no limit. So I'm not sure about that part. But it's got to be corona-related. The withdrawal and disruption from your income has to be corona-related. It doesn't just have to be income-related, too. Now, you don't have to pay it back, but you do have to pay income tax on it. So income tax on your withdrawal, but no penalty, and you don't have to put it back. But if you put it back within three years, you can refile, and it's got to be 2020 this year, only for 2020. So if you withdraw it to this year and you put it back within three years, you can get your tax back that you paid on it. Okay, so that's a good thing. Um, now, you have to prove, you've got to have proof that the virus had a negative impact on you in some way by layoff, furlough, notice, uh, a decrease in your hours, or, or, you know, something to do with your spouse and they have income and got interrupted. Or you're unable to work because of there's no child care availability, which you used before due to the virus. So it has to be virus related. So you can tap into your 401k. You can use the money for whatever you want. You have to pay income tax, but no penalty. Remember, normally you got to wait till you're 59 and a half to avoid the 10% penalty. 
But now for this year, as long as it's coronavirus related that you have to take touch your money, you've got to prove that. You've got to have some kind of evidence. Don't think you can just do it and walk away. Nah, that's not possible. But it's a, it is available for everybody. Okay? Okay, I think I beat that subject to death because because I was getting a number of calls and and everything else. Now, half positions. Someone called me and says, you know, whenever I recommend buying a half position, well, when, what if it keeps going up? When do you buy the other half? Well, there's there's a point that you would buy the other half. If it's a breakout, new 52-week high, then you go ahead and buy the other half. Um, but normally, when I'm suggesting that, there is a pullback. There, It's very common, but it doesn't always happen. So... Remember, I, it, there's nothing Nothing technically, when I read a chart, is consistent all the time. It just isn't. Now, in recent weeks, even the coronavirus increased U.S.-China relationship tensions, the tension between us, and now the riots across America. Okay, the stock market hasn't flinched very much at all. Is this unusual? As we go to break, here's my trivia question. Historically speaking, have social unrest issues had a serious impact on the stock market? I'll have the answer after the break. But now we are taking your market and financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It is official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At this point, I think almost everyone has heard how generative AI promises to bring us to the next industrial revolution. AI is already shaping society with an impact on daily life that echoes the transformative significance of electricity or the Internet. As we take steps to embrace the potential of generative AI, we need to remain vigilant with regard to its exploitability. This is where HackerOne comes in. HackerOne's AI Red Team addresses the novel challenges of AI safety and security for businesses that are launching new AI deployments. The HackerOne approach involves targeted offensive testing by harnessing the collective skills of ethical hackers who are proficient in AI and prompt hacking. In short, AI red teaming is the practice of stress testing AI models and deployments to make sure they can't be tricked into providing information beyond their intended use, and that security flaws can't be exploited to access confidential data or systems. HackerOne seamlessly integrates with your existing tools to enhance communication 
and collaboration across development, security, and IT teams. So, stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at HackerOne.com. That's H-A-C-K-E-R-O-N-E.com. HackerOne.com. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener, you may even have called a few times, but if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, before the break, I had a trivia question. Historically speaking, have social unrest issues had a serious impact on the stock market? Here's the answer. And, of course, we've seen volatility, but extreme swings in recent weeks, um, you know, we've seen since March a huge fall and a huge return. Uh, But the market seems to uh, ingest that pretty easy. But is that normal? You know, we have the COVID-19, the U.S. trade, U.S.-China trade standoff. China's role in the COVID, spreading of the COVID-19 virus, riots in major American cities. Well, it turns out the stock market has a long history of ignoring social upheaval. According to the CEO of investment research firm New Constructs, social unrest issues have very little long-term impact on markets. After the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. in 1968, by the way, I was a uh, sophomore in high school then, so that was I, that's that's it's burned into my mind. After that, Marcus dipped briefly on the day of his death, down about half a percent from April fourth to April fifth, but rose three and a half percent by April eleventh, same year, nineteen sixty-eight. The rise following the acquittal of police officers who had beaten Modus Rodney King in nineteen ninety-two didn't disrupt markets too dramatically. The S&P 500 remained relatively flat from the beginning beginning of the riots, April 29th to May 1st, and rose some 1.2% from April 29th through May 4th. That was 92. In 2014, the riots in Ferguson, triggered by the fatal shooting of Michael Brown by police, prompted markets to fall only about a tenth of 16th percent. I mean, it was pretty tiny. Okay, and then, you know, by August 9th, which was, you know, not that many days from Monday to Tuesday all the way to August 9th, saw the market gain 2.8% since from August 11th through the 21st of that period. So you see, the, the current market behavior is kind of normal. What's abnormal is shutting down the economy and having no income coming in for corporations or very little. And then the market still didn't care too much. Well, it did first, going from falling about 35, 37%. But it's been coming back and we're still not back. But it's very interesting. Most social unrest things don't really don't really affect the market very much. So I thought that was an interesting piece. So let's keep things moving. The next question comes from a listener in Los Angeles. He called us at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Stephen Justin. This is Dave in Los Angeles. I've been mostly in cash and gold for a little while now, and I've been in agreement with both of you 
on your prognosis that the market is likely to go back down at some point and perhaps retest the lows that we saw in March. I am waiting to get back in, but the uh, force of fear of missing out is getting stronger and stronger as the market seems to continually rise. So I'm wondering if you can lay out the scenarios and the timeline you envision for when the market might actually take another dip and there might be a pullback that would be an attractive opportunity to get back in. Thank you for your thoughts, and uh, have a great day. Okay, uh, first, let me tell you, do do not ever get completely out of the market. Okay, never, ever, 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 ever get completely out of the market. It's not a, a void this and try that. You can't time the market. It's impossible. What you can do is hedge your bets, but always remain in the market. You can hedge your bets by producing some cash, 10, 15, 20%, 25% even, or you can put some shorts on, but never get out of the market completely because of this very problem that you're having now. Now, I would dollar cost averaging average into the market over time. I'd wait for that first little pullback you get, and I mean, one day, two days, you get a decent pullback, buy a little bit. The ideal time would, if you got a 10% pullback from where, from where we are today, that would mean put a lot of money in, put half your money in. Just put it in. If you get a deeper pullback, just keep putting money in until you get fully reinvested again. Okay, and don't do that anymore. Don't get out completely because no one, no one, you know, there, there's something that always frightens a lot of investors, okay? Remember, there's two fear, two two emotions, fear and greed, fear and greed. Okay, when everybody is fearful, you should be buying. That includes you. If you're fearful, you should be buying. Did you get fearful in this COVID-19 crash of the market? You did, didn't you? Buy. But you thought it would go more, didn't you? No one knows how deep it will go. No one knows that. So you, you just start buying. You, you do a dollar-cost average kind of thing. Okay, so try to remember that lesson. It's a painful lesson to learn. Trust me, I have learned it. It hurts. Never, ever, ever get out completely. So let's keep things moving. The next question comes from a listener in Los Angeles. He called at 888-99. Oh, no, I'm, I need, I'm supposed to go do a talking point. Okay, the IPO market is reopening. Okay, uh, Vroom, Vroom, V-R-O-O-M, is coming out on the 10th, June 10th which is seven days from now. They say the, the opening price is going to come out about 15 to $17 a share. They're going to sell 18.8 million shares. What is Vroom? They're an online used car seller. They're trying to raise about $300 million with the IPL. Now, they've already cut this price before, and profit margin have been shrinking. Their biggest competitor is Carvana. Carvana. But... I would I would suggest to you an online used car seller. The theory is people will do more things online because of the COVID nineteen and you know online's a lot easier and they'll buy cars that way. Do you believe in that theory? <coughs> Excuse me. Do you think buyers are gonna buy cars online as opposed to go go out there and kick the tires, test drive them, that kind of thing? Used cars. So, for me, remember my rule. Don't buy IPOs ever 
wait till they at least six months after the IPO because insiders get to start selling their stocks six months after the IPO. So you, you wait, you be patient, see what happens. Okay, so don't, so I would, you know, they're going to start having IPOs and most likely you're listening to this radio show, you'll never be offered a good IPO. Only the bad ones. You're listening to Best Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. And yes, the economy is reopening in phases. Yes. Most of us realize the resumption of a strong level of economic activity is going to take some time. Not going to come right back immediately. It's going to take a little while. Remember, the stock market will anticipate that, but I think it's going to take longer than they think. And I think there's going to be more damage. It's going to be difficult. Depends on the government how much money they're going to continue to spend. How many more trillion dollar plus programs are they going to start? So if you're kind of confused and you want help with your portfolio on how to take how to how to operate into this system, send me your portfolio. I'll take a look at. It. We'd be happy to do it. Justin and I will do it. You can call. Uh, you can reach out to Justin or myself at KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California, or you can go to investtalk.com. Click on contact us. Send me contact us. Send me an email. So whether you're a conservative investor getting closer to retirement or a younger worker looking for more aggressive opportunities, we can customize an investment strategy designed to achieve your financial goals based on what your risk tolerance is. So get started. No cost portfolio review. Please call and send a message through our investtalk.com website. Just click on contact us. That's the emails that comes directly to me. And now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your finance and investment questions. So we're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid fire hour. At a faster pace, you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hi, my name is Tyler. I'm from Colorado. I had a quick question for you guys. I was wondering whether you would go for gold or silver right now, investing-wise, as well as which stocks would you prefer, maybe top three for growth on either gold or silver. Last question, maybe a bonus one. Would you recommend at all going towards copper? Thank you, guys. Um, I cannot give you stocks. I can't recommend stocks on the air. SEC does not allow it. I can only answer questions on stock. But I can't answer your general question about gold and silver. Uh, should you be, no, no, there's ETS that represent both, okay? And if you look at them, you know, they made a pretty, pretty good sizable run. Gold uh, had a bad day today, down almost 2% today. But it's made a sizable run from the bottom up. So I was, a week or so ago, I was talking about silver might be a better opportunity because it can been kind of lagging gold. And, you know, it then, of course, right after I say that, it, it did run up three or four days in a row. But it, it gave back a little bit more today, 2, 2.1% today. I'm just telling you that because of the dollar probably going to get weaker and we've seen the dollar weaken and it got weak today it was down a half a percent today 
You can see that by watching UUP, which is the Invesco U.S. Dollar Index. Um, and you can see the movements of the dollar in that, looking at a tra- uh, chart. You can see it has been weakening uh, ever since, you know, the middle of March. Okay, it spiked up in the beginning of March when this COVID virus thing. And the gold suffered during that initial spike up in the dollar. But since then, the dollar's been falling. And the question is, do you think, with all the printing of the dollars they're doing now, will that be supportive of gold and, and, and non-supportive of the dollar? Because we're printing so much money. And would inflation come roaring back or come back at all because we're printing all that money? That's really the theme behind uh, having some gold exposure or even silver exposure. And copper is not a precious metal, so it operates different. That would be something based on demand for copper products, you know, wiring. And that would mean more cyclical, attached to the economic cycle. So I, I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to copper because I think the economic cycle is going to be on the upswing here in the next couple of years. So I wouldn't be opposed to that. But it's not a precious metal. It doesn't operate the same. It doesn't go up and down based on what the dollar does or inflation does. Well, inflation raises all prices of everything, but that's a whole other thing. I think I'll squeeze another call or question. This time for a listener name in Maine. Hello, Justin and Steve. This is Joel calling in from Maine. Just got a question about U.S. foods. I picked up a small position about a week and a half ago I noticed it took quite a fall I down a little bit um, nothing major I was wondering if I should pick up more or what you thought about the whole US foods I appreciate uh, your advice any info you have might have on it I'll be listening for your answer I love the show keep up the great work thanks again I love Maine Maine is beautiful uh, for anybody who has not been up along the coast of Maine or the backwoods of Maine, coast is the, what I'm familiar with. That is a spectacular drive of the coast road to Maine. Been there several times out to Penobscot Bay. Beautiful place. Spring. I've been in a spring and fall, never in the summer or winter, so I don't know how it is in there, but man. Pretty spectacular place. U.S. Foods Holding Corporation. The symbol is USF. D, that's U, S is in Sam, F is in Frank, D is in dog. Distributes fresh, frozen, and dry food and non-food products to food service customers throughout the United States. It had a nice update today, uh, up 7.5%. So now, you guys stay with it. They're going to make $1.42 per share in 2021. Last year, 2019, they made $2.36. So... Their sales are increasing in recent quarters. So I, I think you stick with it. I, I, it's not expensive uh, at $21 a share. So, you know, what's that, a 15 PE? I mean, it's not cheap. Return equity is pretty good at 15% for a food company. Cash flow is huge at $4.03. And it, I'm, I'm, don't know why it's a $4.7 billion company. I don't know why they don't pay a dividend that they don't. So I do like I do like it. It's a pretty good non-cyclical stock, um, and you know I think it might go back up to where it was in the mid 30s, from the mid 21. I think that is very doable. So I, I kind of like the stock. USFD. 
USFD. Okay, the ADP private jobs report came out today, and it said that they lost, we lost last month, 2.76 million jobs. And in a normal environment, we would be shocked by that, right? I mean, but the expectation was for it to be a loss of 8.6 million jobs. And so it was only 2.7 from expected 8.6. So that was viewed as good news. Official job report comes out this week. We'll know for sure what the real number is. Remember, the ADP is only private sector jobs, not all jobs. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley, and we have one goal here to help you achieve financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, one analyst thinks that investors eager to rotate into unloved sectors should look before they leap. That story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here. He'll have unbiased answers to your questions, but you've got to call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Steve and Justin, this is Richard from uh, Rhode Island. I have a quick question about the stock IVR. I have a small position in it now, and I'm looking to increase that. I was curious what your thoughts are on the stock, if it's worth holding, and the thoughts on it long-term. Thank you. No, it's not. Uh, Invesco Mortgage Capital invests in finances and manages residential and commercial mortgage-backed securities and mortgage loans. Well, how profitable is that business going to be with interest rates so very, very low? And it's borne out by the earnings. Last year, it made $1.32 per share. Great. Next year, this year, it's going to make $0.69. Next year, $0.55. Remember, we're supposed to spring back in our economy, yet this is this is still going to make $0.55 cents a share. It is a $700 million company. Very, very tiny. So, very, very risky. Sales are very erratic quarter over quarter over quarter. So, one quarter could be a huge gain. Next quarter could be a huge loss. So, it's, they have the, the dividend yield that's 68%. You know that's not real, right? You know that that is not realistic. It's not going to happen. Now, $0.55 cents a share and a, and a $2.91 stock means it's pretty pretty low P.E. ratio, right? Pretty pretty low. But it deserves that. Cash flow is $1.43. It's, it's, it's a going concern, but, man, it's just something that's so – it's not a long-term buy. Now, today it's up 5.5%. That's because the low came in under a dollar in, in March, and so when it moves a few, few pennies one way or another, it's a big percent jump. But it can move down just as much as it moves up. Now, it was selling for $12 in March. Now, what if it goes to $5? Man, that's a huge percentage gain. So, can you take a risk by investing in it? Sure, but it is is not a stock for long-term hold. It's not. It's a trading stock at this point. And I don't think those dividends are going to be, uh, I know they're not going to be sustainable. They're not going to pay that much money. It's just not possible. Okay, and it's very erratic, and it's price and its share price. It's erratic in its in its uh, 
earnings and sales. It's just erratic. You got to live with that. IVR, everybody. I, V as in Victor, R and Robert. Okay. Um, there was a professional trader that made a huge mistake and lost all his money. How, how would he do that? Lost all his money. It was like 300,000 euros, I think. Something like that. How'd he do it? Well, he bought Luckin Coffee. Luckin Coffee. He put all his money in one stock. Luckin Coffee. Now, the stock went from $17 to $51 in two months. That was in November to January or so. Now, now it's delisted because of the fraudulent numbers they had. So, the lesson here, never, ever, ever, ever put more than 3 to 5% in any one stock. Never put more than 15, 20% in any one sector. Always diversify. This guy didn't. He's a professional trader. He thought he was smarter than the market. No one is smarter than the market. Except maybe uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, Warren Buffett. Uh, but even him, he's made the last couple of years, man, he's been doing pretty poorly. Remember, he's a value investor and growth stocks have been ones that have been driving everything. So that was been his problem. But I mean, he's, he's, he's had some bad picks recently. Tough, tough picks. So even he makes mistakes. But if you follow my, follow my simple rules that I have, you know, it, I'm not going to guarantee you huge returns, but I'll guarantee you safe returns or safer returns. Let's put it that way. I can't use the word safe, I guess. Not stock market. I'm Steve Peasley. Thank you for listening, everybody. I will return Friday. That means Justin will be here tomorrow. And when I return, I'll have the highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter we send out every Friday. So Justin will be here tomorrow, guys. And please tell your friends. We have posted a new Best of Caller Questions podcast. It can be downloaded now for free at investtalk.com, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Okay? So have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.